Hello and welcome to Cloud Ninefin. I'm Catherine Hidalgo and I'll be your host for today. We hope you enjoyed our first podcast with an external guest on French insolvency last time. This week we will once again be straying from our traditional format to bring you the first annual Leverage Finance Christmas Quiz. That's right, in light of the Morgan Stanley Loans meetup being cancelled this week, we thought we would throw a less in-person version for our most prolific Cloud9Fin commentators. Today we have with us in two teams, Stephen Hunter, our CEO and loans reporter Mikhail Skipala, and on the other team, editor Chris Haffenden and senior reporter Owen Sanderson. The teams will be going as Ski Hunter and Saffenden. The rules are simple. There will be a round on loans, a round on bonds and a bonus ESG round. Our two teams will compete against each other for no prize at all. Feel free to attempt the questions at home. We'll give answers at the end of each question. All data has been pulled from ninefin.com unless otherwise specified. So, without further ado, the loans round. The first question is, which companies issued the largest individual tranches of the year? So there's two points going here, one for the Euro tranche and one for the USD tranche. Our teams will have a couple of moments to think about it. And we'll hear our first answer from Team Ski Hunter. Okay, so I think we're going to go for MassMovo. And we were thinking in the US it might have been Medline, but we couldn't remember the split of bonds and loans. Um, and then we also thought about ASDA, but we, we thought that was, a, that was more a very large bond tranche rather than a loan tranche. So we were just thinking of big LBOs. Uh, we also have Medline and a bit of a guess on Euros at T-Mobile, Netherlands. So both teams were correct. Medline was absolutely the largest USD tranche with 7.3 billion of issuance out in October. And the Euro tranche was indeed from T-Mobile Netherlands, oh, yeah. which was worth 2.4 billion euros. All right, next question. In 2021, which sector clocked in an average OID the furthest from par? A moment to confer. It's going to be something that's distorted by one or two big deals. Basically, you don't bring something if it's going to be cheap. Let's kick off with Ski Hunter. We went with consumer discretionary. We thought the consumer discretionary would capture a lot of retail stuff that's done quite badly. And also, if there's that that many deals, maybe like a one that done really badly would average down the other ones. We went with chemicals. I would say we panicked and guessed it. Yeah, we were. <laughs> one reasoning, one other option we had was waste management because we thought about Urbasa but then it did come back at a, at a reprice and people hate waste management deals. No points to be awarded in this round. In 2021, the sector which clocked in the average OID the furthest from par was consumer staples, with an average OID of 99.21. That's weird, you would think staples would do, would do well. The sector includes issuers such as ProSol, Casino Group and Selena. Interestingly enough, the average OID closest to par was in utilities, with 99.625. And on to the fourth question in this round. Which Moody's ratings category contains the highest number of tranches in 2021? We'll give an extra point for whoever gets the closest figure for what percentage of the loans market that takes up. Team Saffenden, do we have an answer? 
I think you're being conservative, but you're my boss, so go. No, 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 no. <laughs> You can override that if you want. I trust you. We thought single B, so B2. Most deals are B2. And I went 45%. I know I don't get a separate guess, but I think it's higher. We actually thinking completely opposite. Uh, we are basing this fully that the most of the volume came early, where things were still like rated post-pandemic. So we're thinking B3, and it's 40%. And also, I'm fully basing this on one quote that I got early in the year when people <laughs> said like B3 is the new B2. So the correct answer was the B2 ratings category. So that's a point for Safenden with 127 individual tranches out of 338 that was issued all year long. And we'll award a point to Ski Hunter because the proportion of the loans market taken up by B2 loans are, is 38%. Oh, that's not bad. He's, well here, He's right. <laughs> He's got the skills. And on to the next question. Almost one quarter of loans issued in the Ninefin database are currently set to mature in one particular year. Which is it? We think that the right answer is that a quarter of the loans will explode in 2027. Well, we, we just thought it had to be loans issued this year because it's been the biggest year, so 2028. It's a point to Ski Hunter, as 24% of the loans in Ninefin's database are set to mature in 2025. Though Safenden certainly did have a point, as 18% of the loans will mature in 2028. Alright, we'll take that. We'll take all the points we can get. Okay, so we just need to be closer. And on to the final question for this round. Buy siders typically expect a premium with sterling tranches. In 2021, how much higher was the average margin for sterling tranches over euro tranches? Are we talking Sonia or LIBOR? And are we assuming credit adjustment oh, swaps? I'll give you a moment to confer. And Ski Hunter? Um, yeah, no, uh, we thinking it's 100 basic points premium, still post-Brexit. We think 68, uh, guess initially was between 50 and 75, so 68, at the higher end, 68. Fantastic work, Team Ski Hunter. The actual answer was 110 basis points. The average coupon for a euro tranche was 386 basis points over Euroball, while sterling tranches were at an average of 497 basis points over LIBOR or Sonia. Well, you think of the euros at 425, 450, and then the sterling the end's coming at 525, 550. So that marks the end of our loans round. Pushing on to our next round, these questions all pertain to the bond world. Our first question, what was the average coupon for B2 rated bonds to the nearest percentage point in 2021? We were, we were thinking around the 4% area, but to be sneaky, we thought we'd, we'd talk in bond eights. We went three, three and seven eights, so 3.875% for a B2. We thought it was around four, but we decided to go the other way and went for four and one eighth. I was trying to persuade him to go for three handles, but he wouldn't have it. <laughs> Looks like Chris's instincts were correct again. The average coupon for a B2 rated bond in 2021 was 4.47%. Oh, it's done it again. <laughs> I did start off at four and a quarter, but then we tied down. We tied See, we, we, we were doing what the banks were pitching rather than where it actually priced. 
The next question is a simple one. Was the average coupon across the board in Bond World higher or lower than 2020? Saffenden? We're, go we're going lower just because pricing tightened, even though we had more stress names in there. I think we're still going to go lower. Also lower. Correct on both counts. 2020's average coupon was 4.84%, while 2021's year to date has been 4.42%. And on to another sector question. Which sector saw the most bonds issued in 2021? It's an educated guess. We believe it's healthcare. We said healthcare as well. According to 9fin.com, the actual answer is consumer discretionary, with 99 tranches issued this year. Okay, next question is another simple one. Did average marketed net leverage based on the OM rise or fall compared to 2020? Well, you see, the average will have been brought down by all the negative leverage deals. I think it's also the marketed numbers were a complete fiction as well, so that's the other problem. Um, um, yeah. And loads of regular issuers would have been essentially on pause last year. But you know your instincts are good. You're like basically. No, 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 no. Nothing. You're talking. You're talking me out. You're talking me out of it. Um, I'm just instinctively contrarian. Okay, Team Saffenden, do we have an answer? Okay. Well, we are at the moment. We have a split decision here. <laughs> so we could flip a coin on this. Do you have to have a coin? No, I don't. Um, That's very old school. I'm the... Well, that averages to zero points because. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. My initial thought was higher that leverage rose because we thought there was more double B's in 2020 and there was more stress names in 2021. We think it also went up because it always goes up and no one ever cares. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mikhail, your cynicism shall not be rewarded today. Indeed, neither team scores a point as leverage fell from 2020 to 2021 from 4.9 times to 4.3 times. Wow. And on to the next question. Of the bonds in Ninefin's database, which currently offers the lowest yield to worst? Uh, we went with Smuffet. We panicked and we couldn't think of anything. <laughs> and I, I look at stuff which goes the other way. So this is a really not my question. I originally thought something double B, but then thought maybe like something that's single B but is trading to get taken out. Verisure is a very good company, very stable. It tends to get refinanced quite frequently. Good guesses across the board, but the current issuer offering the worst yield to worst is Schenk Process, which produces measuring and process technologies in industrial weighing, feeding, screening, and automation. On to the next question. In 2021, what was the difference between the average OM net leverage of sponsored versus unsponsored bond issuers? I'll give you a moment to confer. I reckon it's like that. Yeah. Actually, it could be, it could be quite a lot more than that because if you think if you if you're buying a business at 10x leverage, and you want to put like 40% equity check, that means it's at least 6x. Like, there's not many non-sponsor deals that do 6x. Ski Hunter, do we have an answer? We reckon that sponsors tend to put more leverage on businesses from years of years of insight there, um, and we went with 1.25 times additional leverage for a sponsor deal, on average. Same rationale, but we also thought that non-sponsored deals are more likely to be double B, so we've gone for two times. It's a higher figure. That's another point for Saffenden. For all the bonds in the Ninefin database, unsponsored companies have an average net leverage of 3.6 times, 
while sponsored companies have an average uh, net leverage of 5.9 times. Surprisingly, just below the regulation of six <laughs> times in terms of what you have to hold for an deal. Magic. So that concludes our bond round. On to the rapid quickfire ESG round. We'll kick off straight away. Of the bonds issued in 2021, which sector contained the most so-called green bonds? Pharma. Packaging. The correct answer is materials. Yeah, so packaging, basically. <laughs> okay, and according to White and Case's Leverage Loans ESG Deal Tracker, which is the most commonly used KPI? Some examples include customer or patient satisfaction, use of recycled and recyclable materials, sustainably sourced materials, employee well-being, gender diversity and management, use of renewable energy, reduction in GHG emissions, and energy efficiency. Yeah, buzz it in. Uh, gender? Gender diversity, okay. And Ski Hunter? Uh, we're gonna go with waste management. Ooh, hard luck for both teams. The correct answer is reduction in GHG. Next up, according to the European Women on Board's Gender Diversity Index for 2020, which European country scores the highest? Sweden. We're thinking Norway. Team Ski Hunter, absolutely. The correct answer is Norway. We went Scandies. We did the world of Scandies. Literally wrote Scandinavia and then Norway. <laughs> <laughs> Next question, companies gathered at COP26 this year to try to keep temperature rises within 1.5 degrees Celsius. Current pledges, if met, will only limit global warming to how many degrees? 2.4%? 1.8? Chris, absolutely on the money there with 2.4 degrees Celsius. Don't pay attention to the goals, they're not going to be achieved. I'll bet our listeners never knew how cynical the 9fin team could be. Next question, we've already asked you about sectors, but which Moody's rating category included the most green bonds in 2021? B2. And we also said B2. Easy fodder for both our teams. Points for all. Next question, and it's another COP26 one. The conference led to a scheme to cut what percent of methane emissions by 2030? 40%. Uh, we're going to go 50. Well, I guess we do have an optimistic side. Um, but actually, the scheme will only lead to a reduction of methane emissions by 2030 by 30%. So that's a point for Team Ski Hunter. And finally, which firm launched the first CLO this year, which will have ESG ratings hard-coded into its docs? You wrote about it, I mean, I think. Oh, no, Fidelity. Fidelity as well. That's correct. It was a Christmas gift of a question. So it's time to hear the final result. The teams were almost neck and neck until the ESG round, but that drew them in to a tie. Both Team Ski Hunter and Team Saffenden ended in the Christmas spirit, each with nine points. So that's the end of our quiz today. We hope you learnt something useful or useless. Either way, we're happy. On behalf of the entire Ninefin team, we wish you very happy holidays and we'll see you on January 7th for our review preview episode. Many thanks for listening to our inaugural season of On Cloud Ninefin. Don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Music, Google and Amazon Music. Many thanks to Mikael, to Stephen, to Chris and to Owen and of course to you too, listener. See you next time.